Hello, and welcome to CAA Conversations. We're here today with Jonathan Johnson and Takashi Moro. Jonathan is an Associate Professor of Photography and Integrated Digital Media at Otterbein University in Ohio, and has also worked in public affairs and the music industry prior to academia. Takashi is an assistant professor at Santa Clara University, teaching digital and analog photography. Interesting fact, he is a former corporate finance banker and sushi chef. So welcome to both of you. You're going to be discussing today teaching photography. And without further ado, I'm going to hand the conversation over to the two of you. Great. Thank you. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Okay, great. Well, did you have a, um, a question or an inquiry you wanted to start things off with, specifically? Yeah, yeah because, um, well, full disclosure, I think, um, I used we used to work together. And um, I have to admit that I've learned so much from you, um, <laughs> you know, when I was at Audubon. And um, the most interesting, I thought, was some of the wonderful assignments that you used to well, you still do probably um, offer your students. Um, so I've picked your, you know, brain about some of these. Uh, one was the um, typology project, which I thought was great, and and I and I offer my students at Santa Clara that as well, and that is really one of their favorite assignments to do. So perhaps you can start off by oh, talking that's great. a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, like, like a lot of things when it comes to assignments or what you teach, um, it was just something I became more interested in um, in my own work. Mm-hmm. So um, as, as both of us, you know, are, are at uh, teaching-focused institutions, it, it, it makes sense to uh, overlap your curiosities, your research curiosities, your research interests with your teaching, just, just in terms of time. And so that's initially how that became uh, you know, brought into the classroom. And in terms of outcomes with that, like besides it just being really novel and interesting and I think a new way of, of seeing and uh, photographing for students, um, it's a great way um, to teach them to focus on intentionality, right? Because right. with the with typology, it's like you're very conscious of depth of field, you're very conscious of consistency and in existing light, um, and obviously, you know, composition, and really scrutinizing um, uh, the subject matter or the object that you're photographing um, to to, to really just reveal these really subtle dramas or subtle differences. So, so, you know, so it gets them just to be like, you know, to think about all of the aspects and being intentional. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's step back a second, because I think I I want to explain the project. And I'm I'm going to describe the project as I have adopted from you which is that it's, uh, it's a photography project where students are asked to select one subject, usually, and photograph repeatedly of the same thing, but in a different iteration or version uh, based on uh, Burton Hiller Becher's, uh, what do you call that, the, the, the typology projects that they, they, uh, they famously uh, conducted in Germany and the U.S., correct? Yes, absolutely. So what are, what are some of the interesting subjects that you've found students focusing on? Um, well, I think they're at their... Well, one, one example that um, uh, is pretty great um, that ties into 
something local. Um, yeah. and, and when I show the, you know, I show the, uh, you know, some interviews and, and, and videos about the Beckers and um, Pennsylvania it borders, you know, Ohio. I, I don't know if they photographed in Ohio. They may have, but I know they did extensively in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So then we talk about like, hey, this is just right next door. Isn't this pretty wild? And um, yeah. so I have, I have some students pick up on that, that place sort of focused um, idea, yeah. and then they will go to old um, uh, mining areas in in Ohio, and wow. and photograph, and that that's been pretty wild, um, mm-hmm. and that that's sort of taken it to a whole different level. Where I think that the initial instinct for a lot of students um, is maybe to you know to to do basic portraits or to to do some right. objects that they have uh, in a collection of theirs or something like that. So um, so that's one that one example that really um, stands out that also has that potential to be like a larger project. So, yeah, and what about you? So what have you come across with your students? So Santa Clara University is a Jesuit, private Jesuit school, and um, a big focus for us is social justice and community work, which I think is quite similar to what Audubon um, missions mm-hmm. are as yeah. well. So with that in mind, one student last, last year did a project on bus stops and so she photographed various bus stops along her commute to school on in her car because as you might know so Santa Clara University is in is in Silicon Valley and we have this social problem with homelessness and this digital divide the the haves and have nots and um the, typically the people who take the buses are of a certain demographic or economic status and so she focused in on this particular object and she she did a a whole series of bus stops one with roofs and you know some enclosings so that you could you could wait for the bus more comfortably to just a bench to no benches so it, it was subtle but um thoughtful and as you had mentioned, Jonathan, it, it, it also ties into skills as well, skill sets, you know, aperture, shutter speed, composition, you know, consistency, lining things up, cropping, all of these things that I think will make them a better photographer. So um, I love that content and, and, and the technical exercise that it, it gives yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's great. And you, you talk about the technical aspects, um, and I think of that as a real skill building um, yeah. element to photo education. And I wonder, so when do you um, in the in a quarter or a semester is this a, in a project that is early on, and you capitalize sort of on that that skill building, or is it you know what at what point in the yeah. semester or quarter do you give this it, project? It, it is early, early if not a little bit um, midway through. Because I, I don't I, I usually offer it um, after we explore what it, what an aperture is and what you know depth of field is and how a fast shutter speed can stop motion and and all those sort of technical things and then after immediately after we I offer the typology project and I, I think they love it I mean I, every single time I offer it they they get so so into it. Yeah, I'm so grateful for you for you sharing this project with me. Uh, that's nice of you to say. Yeah, that's great. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, everything's a, it's it's a community or the education. I've taken a lot of things from you too. That I'm sure we'll sort of touch on them. 
But, you know, just so another thing about this typology. Um, so initially when I first started teaching it, I would use um, uh, the students would print, um, just go to like the drugstore and, and print four by sixes. Yeah. Uh, just cheap four by six colors. Um, and then a lot of times they would do a nice sort of grid of them. Um, and then the, that finished product is really glossy and sort of beautiful. And so how do you print these or display them or show them or how, how does that come into play? Well, Jonathan, I, I wish I said, well, I took your terrible idea and made it much better. <laughs> but um, that's just not the case. I've, I've, I love that. I love that idea of getting that print, service print from Walgreens or CVS. Oh, that's great. And then taping it up as you did. And I just love the whole thing. And the students find that to be great too because who prints photographs now you know everything's exactly. done on instagram and you know the, the the cell phone photo so for them to touch photography is a wonderful thing and and they so and they and i love that they arrange the photographs and sequence the photographs in a physical way that it's different from what you would do on a desktop computer because there really is a difference you know um and also just caring about if the photos line up properly, the, the taping job is done well, all of that is actually in my rubric for grading. Um, and, and to get the point across that if photography can be and should be physical. And yeah, there's more to it than just hitting print on a, on a button and, and, and that's it. Yeah, I, I've embraced what you do and maybe, maybe I've added some you know, grading, structures, grading structures to that. But yeah, it's essentially the same. Yeah, that sounds great. And kind of, you know, touches on intentionality again, too. Like you were talking about the dealing with the physical objects of the prints and, and caring about how they line up and are displayed is something, um, uh, you know, students aren't interacting with, typically with yeah. their own photography outside of maybe, maybe class. Well, two yeah. things. Uh, one is one week, when, when we do the critique, I usually uh, display the works after the critique, so the whole school gets to see it and everyone loves it and finds it funny and um, intriguing, depending on the subject that the, the students uh, photograph. Well, yeah, I think it gets people excited to see, see prints, especially small prints. And you don't, you never, maybe you're looking in bridge or something or, um, and you'll see a grid or a, something that mimics a contact sheet, but we yeah. really don't, you know, again, you know, a lot of younger photographers are not dealing with the physical prints like that. So it, the, the, the photography is an object, and the value of that is pretty amazing, yeah, Actually, for them to yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, now I remember what I was going to say. was that So this, this transition from – so typically this is a digital photography project. So they learn how to use a camera first and then do this typology project. And this has inspired me to think more about – photography as a physical object and what I'm trying to do now with my colleagues is to make a photo bookmaking class. Oh great. Not just for intermediate or advanced students but for intro students. So what my plan is for the curriculum going forward is to introduce a, an introduction to bookmaking, photography bookmaking class for, for beginners and we will learn how to use the camera and then off we go. We'll make all these d different kinds of books. Um, but because so, so seldom do we print photographs now. 
so this idea that the typology project has inspired me to think more about physical photographs and how, how to use that in our curriculum. So that's a great segue into a new project or a new class. Is that a, going to be a class? Yeah, or just a project? Uh, that's, yeah that's a great idea. For it to be a class. Because well, you can do all kinds of binding and, you know, one-of-a-kind books, artist books. I can also incorporate printing, what do you call it, you know, through Photoshop and, and Epson printers and whatnot. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, hoping we'll offer it maybe sometime in the next two years. Okay, that sounds great. And another way to, you know, maybe physically print, <clears throat> make small prints and and sequence and edit the book that yeah. way, you know, yeah. there might be potential for that too. And I, I think of like uh, Catherine Opie in, a, in yeah. an interview talks about, um, she's still, even in a digital class, if I understand mm -hmm. it correctly, she uh, asks her students to print contact mm -hmm. sheets and edit that way still and circle, circle the, wow. you know, and they have yeah. to, you know, because you're just on a computer screen, you're editing, using a completely different part of your brain with the yeah, you're sequencing and editing, so that's that's pretty great. I'll have to pick your brain in the future about that class because I've honestly I've also been interested in the photo book for years and just trying to figure out a way to bring it into the classroom. So yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's... yeah, and I've been taking some bookmaking classes. I, I've only really done a couple of bookmaking classes, but they, you know, the the books that I'm talking about doesn't have to be you know have hard covers and whatnot. I mean, it could be as simple as I don't know how, what you call it, but it's just a letter size and you make two or three cuts to it and you can fold it and then right. boot, yeah. have a, a little booklet. So I'm thinking of starting from something very simple but physical to actually binding and, well, sequencing and binding. And There's also the photo zines that are, it seems like that's yeah becoming a kind of a big thing now too. And, um mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I have this uh, long arm stapler that's just like twenty dollar, yeah, stapler that allows you to do that kind of what is I guess the saddle sort of staples um, in a book. You just fold the you know the prints in half and then you can have a book. So yeah, yeah. that's I think that sounds great. Um, so I'd be interested in seeing how that that goes. And then you're you're talking about collaboration too. You're opening it up to, um, you know, and I suppose you could go as far as eventually incorporating text. You know, and That's working true. with writers, you know, or the mm -hmm. creative writers or something like that. I mean, you know, text yeah. and image is tricky, but I mean, there's a lot of potential there. It's great. Yeah. And my colleague, uh, oftentimes with the English department uh, or theater, work with poetry. So, uh, and you do that kind of work with um, across departments too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, we've done, you know, poetic film projects where, um, you know, students from a poetry class or creative writing class will write us a, a very loose script in the, in the form of a, a poem and then uh, exchange that with the, the video artist and then um, the student, you know, will then, you know, reference or use directly some of that, some of that text. And the, the results of that have been great, um, yeah. you know, so, yeah, it's been a great resource, great way of working across um, departments. Um, it, yeah, because I think students... I think they need a little bit more sometimes than just examples of of work, past work, or examples of professional work. I think when they can get a different kind of inspiration from a fellow student with a set of structure and parameters set in place, I think you, they, they can really thrive in, under that kind of uh, 
instruction sure so yeah I, I think I need to get on board with that a little bit more um, because I think it is hard for them to just say well this is a theme and go out and shoot that um, it, it can be mm -hmm. for them and, yeah and then everything tends to stay in the classroom you get the critique mm -hmm. it's with you and mm -hmm. you know how many times you know if you have a photo major how many times can you do that in four years right. So, <laughs> yeah. so it really it expands the audience for them. It, it, it's like mm -hmm. um, an applied, it's applying their, their photography or video. Um, and yeah, just adds some excitement. And then they get to interact with students, but also other faculty that are not you. Right. And, and if you're the only photo person, yeah, that's, <laughs> I think, you know, you get sick of each other after a while. So right. I mean, that's kind of another, a good outcome of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Any other um I mean we're on the you know the topic of projects. Is there anything else in terms of new projects or idea assignment ideas that you've been kicking around or tried out or Well, you know the one that I've been on and off offering is this um Instagram project only because you know we we we're in Silicon Valley and all the startups are here, you know. Uh and uh so I, I've I've offered this assignment with um, Instagram and re reverse trying to reverse engineer what specific filters that um, Instagram is applying to photographs. Like for instance, like what what does a Valencia filter do to a photograph, <laughs> and, and trying to figure that out on Photoshop. And and I think that idea came from my disappointment in that uh, you know the color processors, you know the chromogenic prints. Are really no longer valid anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you you can't. And that that used to be a great tool for teaching how to see color, and you can't. So few schools have that now, and so few students get to experience color photography that way. That I thought, wow, how do you get students to look at color more? So it, it came directly from the analog era and trying to recreate that on Photoshop. That sounds great. It seems like you're creating very meaningful parameters, you know, that to again to put students in a space of intentionality, but not just yeah. for the sake of create, you know, for uh, creating rules and and narrowing sort of options. But um, it's very it's very meaningful because again we lose. Yeah, it's it's actually really depressing to me to the fact that yes, uh, C prints or the, the color processing is essentially non-existent because to think that the, this generation of students will not right hold or you know watch the you know that print come out of the roller you know come out on the other end it's just it, it yeah i mean i don't know how to describe it that that the what is it the, the fuji color that paper the crystal yeah. archive paper right, right, right. oh man it's just not the same thing so this is yeah. maybe one one way to to get them to um be really intentional about um color in their printing which has got to be difficult because i i do think and for me as well i'm guilty my standards for what a good print is now and 10 years ago is just has gone down and I'm just okay with it. And I think, I think it's becoming more common. So, I mean, I think that sounds great. <laughs> At the same time, you know, it, it may, maybe because you can just hit a couple of buttons and hit print and it looks pretty decent. Maybe we should focus more on the content than the technical process of what, a color print should look like, you know, at, a, at the same time. But that also makes me uneasy. I'm also, again, constantly trying to link the apps to 
the classrooms. I, I, I have not been successful, but how do you use Snapchat in a way that would be interesting uh, in a photo curriculum? I don't know. I mean, I have attempted to actually incorporate Instagram um, to, the, to a classroom project, but I've also found that to be pretty dangerous territory too. So, <laughs> you know, I, I haven't quite made that leap yet. So I'm kind of all over the map, just trying to find ways to keep students engaged and be interested. This quarter, I'm teaching two black and white classes. One is the intro black and white class, and then the other one is four by fives. Like we were shooting, you know, I, I managed to get like five different uh, four by five cameras off Craigslist in the Bay Area. And then um, we're shooting four by five black and white zone system. And so wow. I had a <laughs> and they love it. I mean, they find it so cumbersome, but they love it because you can't do that on Snapchat or Instagram. It is a completely different animal. And so maybe what I'm trying to do is embrace some of these new technologies and, uh, and at the same time introduce them to the really old school stuff that I know they would be interested because they love Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and those image type um, applications. Yeah, that's great. So you, you mentioned something about being all over the map, which is here a segue to this other project, which I want to share because I think you should yeah. try it. And I can't take credit for in, inventing this. I picked it up somewhere um, from a book or something. And, um, but, uh, and it kind of relates a little bit to, you're thinking about specifically being in Silicon Valley, right? So I'm thinking, here we are in central Ohio, Mm -hmm. um, with a landscape that I think, in, in general, the students find not a landscape. They just they don't find it very interesting. So one of the, one of the first projects I do in um, uh, it's typically an advanced class is I, I take out a map of Ohio, yeah. and then I and I go to central or central Ohio, and I just yeah. point um, to a spot you know within thirty miles of campus, and mm -hmm. I send students. Each student goes to this random very tiny, uh, barely existing town often, um, in central Ohio and they need to create a project from, and, and, oh. you know, they have to go on a road trip and they, you know, they're like sort of on assignment and each right, student right. gets a different town and, and actually do it first because it's a great way of, you don't know, you, I might not know some of the students, um, I've only right. had them once. So it's a way to assess, it's like a pretest. So yeah, who's going right. to, who's going to go all out and, and go three times, you know, right. drive out there three times or, you know, sleep in their car or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then, you know, and who's going to be, oh, geez, you know, and you know, make excuses or just kind of have a hard time with it. And then you can kind of gauge maybe where students are at. And also, of course, with the skill and the technical skill and sort of how they approach it, because I kind of leave it open. One student oh, might yes. take it, you know, take a theater student and stage sort of one person sort of stage photos or something. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. So I kind of leave it open, just kind of see, you know, where, where yeah. people are at. But then it gets them out um, and just... You know, the, the base one of the basic foundations of the magic of photography is just seeing something different in the everyday, and that landscape is very much invisible to them. So, yeah. um, it gets them out there to you know to maybe appreciate or see differently, you know, things that are around yeah. them and stuff. So, um, so that it made me think of that with this just being thinking of where we are specifically in terms oh, of our school. A wonderful project. Stuff. It, you know what's funny? So, you can, I mean. Yeah, I actually did something like this personally <laughs> when I was a college student. And it was based off a Japanese TV program where there's this celebrity um, 
who who threw a dart at a map and where right. the dart landed on the map they would go and visit and do interviews with the people who lived in that town and typically it'd be like hilarious you know that it'd be like someone in the equivalent of you know montana in japan and they interview people there and, <laughs> and but you learn about the town um and i did that with the map, map of america my my high school teacher and i we we threw a dot at an american map and and ended up in uh the dot landed on boomville missouri and oh, wow. we spent we spent a week in a motel in boomville missouri photographing that town with a four by five camera my my photo teacher as uh, um my high school teacher was a photo teacher and so we together you know collaborated on this um yeah american dot project yeah that was like when i was like 20 something and um yeah i mean but but that this is pretty much exactly the same uh except you made it local and i i think this is a wonderful thing i, I might try this with uh with students in um in silicon valley yeah please do and let me know um how it goes and you know and that, yeah. you know i like getting students out in the community um mm -hmm. out of the off campus you know out of the classroom and just fig figuring some things out on their own, <laughs> uh, right. you know, encountering things. Yeah, just in, in thinking of that as as studio practices. That that's their studio time, whereas maybe a, a drawing student might just be in the studio for three hours. Um, ah, so yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because yeah. we we have, we have longer classes too. So right. Um, that's one way I've sort of coped with the kind of grueling sort of um, longer module of the studio class. Because I mean, after a while, you know. It's not a commercial photography program. I've run out of. I mean, how much more technical stuff do you need to know? I mean, you got to. Right. Things are changing. You've got to be able to teach yourself. And once you're at that point, it's you know you should drive yeah. around and or bike around or something. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, so so you made it so that they can get on their bikes, not necessarily in their car, because some students don't have cars. Absolutely. Yeah. So of course I'm. Yeah. And I encourage that. If um, yeah, so it's just essentially getting a little bit farther out, mm. out into the county. So. Um, yeah. I would love for a student to do sort of a Richard Long kind of thing where they just want yeah. to walk, you know, to, to 15 miles one way. I mean, that, that hasn't <laughs> happened yet, but that would be an automatic A, I think. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Well, I think transportation. Uh, I know. That too. I mean, have, sadly, in the Bay Area, the public transportation system isn't great either. But well, I'm going to interject. <laughs> These are fantastic uh, projects that you've described here. Wonderful concepts, and I think a lot of stuff that listeners are going to want to borrow themselves. So thank you. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thank you. This was great.